Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. We are celebrating what God has done. And man, we should celebrate. God has done so much in this church, y'all, in our first year. Saw almost almost 100 people that we actually know of that received Christ. I mean, it it is absolutely incredible. But at the same time, we're looking forward to what God wants to do in this church in 2019. But not just in this church, in you individually. And when I was really praying about God, like, what do you want our church to do? You know, because typically when I've been at Vision Sundays, because I've been at church most of my life. Anyone here, some church church folk here? Like, you grew up in the pews, sleeping in the pews, and you know what I'm saying? It's like you've just been in church most of your life, right? Mostly when, when, whenever churches talk about Vision Days, it's like this is what we're going to do. And we're, we're going to build these buildings, and we're going to reach this amount of people, and we're going to try to raise this much money and we're just going to do 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 all of these things when i was really praying like god like what do you want us to do like what do you want me to share like what do you want me to these are the hills we're going to take we're going to go and we're going to see the city impacted and we're going to reach hundreds and thousands of people for jesus and just that and the other thing and i was just like and i really felt like god really like gave nothing so welcome to lifehouse church we don't have any vision <clears throat> <laughs> But it was like, I was really praying to God, what do you want us to do? And it was, it, it was like, really like, God, I just felt say, John, the church doesn't need more vision. The church needs more action. Because do you know what vision is? It's unfulfilled potential. Essentially what it is. And when you think about the purpose of the church, not just you know, this church, the purpose of the church is clear. We're called to be the hands and feet of physical representation of an unseen Jesus. Anyone ever seen Jesus? If you have, I'm jealous, right? But like we are called as the church to be the hands and feet, the body of Christ, as it says in 1 Corinthians 12, that we are called to be the literal physical representation of a God that cannot be seen. That's our vision. It's not complicated. And, and, and really the terminology that we use here is we want to help all people experience life change through Christ. We believe Jesus changes lives. We believe John 10.10 10, that Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. Like we believe the life that Jesus gives, we want everyone to experience that same life. But they are only going to experience it if they experience the people of God that are called to be like Jesus, right? So, so man, I was like, God, what do you want us to do? And really, I felt God, God say this. It's not going to be about what you do as a church. It's going to be about who you are as a church. So, look, the bottom line today, I'm not going to give you anything groundbreaking. I'm not going to give you any, we're going to build a building. Some of y'all are like, oh, I like this daggone theater, okay? I like setting up and tearing, 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 tearing down. You know, it's, I mean, but it's like I'm not going to say we're going to reach this many people. I'm not going to say we're going to raise this much money. What I, what I felt God tell me to tell you for, for this church is to have four focuses this year. Four specific focuses that if we individually and corporately live out, act on, when we look back on 2019, 
there's no limit to what God can and will do in you individually and in us corporately. The first focus is this, that our faith has got to equal love. And I know you're like, duh. Gee, that's a new concept. Christians are supposed to love. Yeah, we know that, but do we do it? I mean, the people that you know that don't go to church, that don't love God, that don't love Jesus at all, would the first word, if you went to them, hey, tell me a word that you use to describe Christians or what Christians are like. I doubt any high percentage of those people would be like, man, those are people of love. Now, do you know what they would say? Hypocrites. And you know it's true. Hypocrites, money hungry. They just want to take something from me. They're judgmental. They're bigots. This was never meant to be. Paul said it this way. He said, he was talking to a church he planted. He said, y'all, let me tell you a little something. The only thing that counts is faith that expresses itself, that shows itself, that manifests itself in how many Bible verses you know. That shows itself in the cool Christian t-shirts that you wear. That shows itself in the cute Lifehouse shirt you wear. That manifests itself by the cool Christian bumper stickers you have on your car. No. You know what Paul says? The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through what? Love. Love. Now, love is so generic. I mean, when I say love and you say love, we might mean totally different things. Like, we throw the word love around, like, I love tacos. And then I, I do love tacos. Anyone else love tacos? Taco trucks? Praise God. We're going to cut this vision. <laughs> we ain't got no vision. Whatever. Go get some tacos. <laughs> but <clears throat> but um, we say we love tacos, and then we love the Dallas Cowboys. Con congratulations, Dallas Cowboy fans. On your uh, first playoff win, just to let y'all know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm just going to give a stat to y'all. The Jacksonville Jaguars have more playoff wins than the Cowboys since 1995. I'm just saying, okay? Just want to throw that out there. So we just want to, you know, just say enjoy this, Cowboy fans. Enjoy it while you can. Enjoy it while it's there, okay? You got a playoff victory. Good job. But we throw that word love out like I love the Cowboys, I love this, I love that, that we really have no clue what that word even means anymore. But for a Christ follower, that word has a definition. To the world, it might not. To the world, love could mean a bunch of different things. It could mean whatever culture tells us. It could be whatever the government tells us. It could be whatever, you know, Hollywood tells us. It could be whatever the popular TV shows tell us. But love, in accordance to what a Christ follower is, is shown in Jesus, it says this in 1 John 3. It says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. And we ought to go lay our lives down for our brothers and sisters. So if you aren't clear on what 
kind of love that God is calling us to as a church and what he's calling you to personally, then you need to go and look at Jesus' life. Read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see the kind of love that Jesus requires of us. But do you know what that love ultimately requires? It says that we lay our life down for our brothers and sisters. In other words, for our fellow humanity. What if Christ's followers were known like they should be known? For loving people despite their differences. Because you know we live in a divided world right now, y'all. We're divided by race. Divided by politics. We're, I mean, the, the division is real. And what makes me sick is Christ followers that participate in this. That put any sort of allegiance over the gospel. That put any part of I am committed to this more than I'm committed to Christ. Y'all, the bottom line is this. Real love is shown by how you treat those you disagree with. Real love is shown by how you treat those you disagree with or maybe those you don't even like. And Jesus said, oh, you love those who love you. Oh, gee, great. But he says, let me tell you what I've called you to do now. Love those who you consider your enemies. And Jesus, he, he did parables with this stuff. He was with the, the Dagon Jews in what he called the Good Samaritan. That would be like us saying the good ISIS member. What Jesus was implying there was, I didn't just come to love you. I came to love everybody. And since I love you, you're called to love. Y'all, we have got to, as Christ followers, individually and corporately, have got to be known by more than just how cool our church is or, or just how... How much we know of the Bible. If the first word that is not associated with us isn't love. What are, what are we doing? Jesus even said this in John 13, 34 through, through 35. He said this. A new command I give you. Love one another. And this is right before Jesus died. He was having one last meal with his disciples. He said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Do you guys see, y'all, what we're called to be known as? But that's not the way it currently is. But this year, what if we actually focused on and said, you know what? I'm going to lay what I consider to be important down, the politics that I have, the, jud the, the judgmentalism that I have. Because what, 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 what we are called to make us different as Christ followers is our love. But the thing is, we don't love within agenda, right? And so many people, unfortunately, they look at the church as having this, uh, of having this, agenda behind it like we're going to love them if they start coming to church we're going to love them if they become a christ follower we're going to love them if they do this y'all we don't love people to get anything in return we love people because of the love that god has for us we love because of the love that we've been given 
That is, that is the fuel. And, you know, and so many people wonder, well, how am I going to love people that I don't like, that I disagree with? Well, do you know you were an enemy of God because of your sin? Because if you go in your own way, but Jesus came and lived the life that you could not live and died the death that you deserve in your place and for your sins and gave you the, the opportunity to go from an enemy of God to a friend. That's the kind of love he had. That's the kind of love he gives. And because he gives that kind of love, we can give that love because we've been given that love. And that's the only fuel that we will have to be able to spread this kind of love that overflows from a faith in Christ. It's not going to be out of your willpower. It's not going to be out because you feel bad for somebody. It's going to be because of your connection to God through what he did on the cross in your place and in for your sin. The bottom line is Jesus even said this, that forgiven people love people. The amount of you know what you've been forgiven from will, will show in how you love people. When you know what you've been forgiven of by God, it pales in comparison to what anyone could do to you. And it enables you and empowers you to give the kind of grace that you've been given by God. My challenge is for us to be people of love. 1 Corinthians 13, you know, I've read this, I can't tell you how many times, it's probably in the thousands. But every time I read this, it punches me in the face. I mean, I mean, this is Paul. You know, it's like Paul was one of the greatest apostles ever. And Paul said this, look, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Right? Speaking in tongues, you can prophesy with the best of them, thus saith the Lord. You say, you do all that stuff, but then you go out and hate your brother? Your, your tongues and your prophecy is worthless. You ain't got love. If I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries, all knowledge. If I have the faith that can move mouths, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, I mean, get this, guys. You know, we can do the right things with the wrong heart. That's what Paul is saying here. If I give all I possess to the poor... And give over my body to heart, basically martyr that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. You want a definition of what love is, there is your definition, but you will never be able to carry this definition out in loving people until you know this is the way that God loves you. This, isn't, this verse isn't just a call to love others. This verse is a call to let you know how God loves you. This is what God's love is like. And as you receive this kind of love that God gives, it empowers you, get this, husbands, wives, to love your husband and wife. It's possible. No matter how different you are, no matter how many differences you have, the love of Christ is what you need. So church, I want to call us, we can confess faith all day, but if it doesn't come out as love, it's worthless. So my challenge to us is that the faith we profess would show itself in how we love people, how we love our families, and how we love our communities. Secondly, legacy-focused 
financial investment. What do I, what do, what do I mean by this? Well, think about it this way, right? LifeHouse has been around for one year, uh, actually about 15 months. And many of you here, you're brand new. Some of you've been here a few months, whatever. Um, but it's, it's kind of like we are sitting in the shade of a tree that we didn't plant. What I mean by that is, is the church that planted us, because we are a church plant of, of a different church, they gave us $100,000. We had our denominational affiliate give us $25,000. We had one other partner give us $50,000. So we are literally sitting in and absolutely enjoying and basking in the goodness of God for something that many of us, we didn't plan. Somebody gave for people they didn't even know. They didn't even know you. But people gave towards a church plant knowing it was going to reach people that they didn't even know. How incredible is that? We have a church in Hagerstown, like I said, that gave us $100,000 that was given by people in their church. They gave it not even knowing who it was going to impact, not knowing the sort of legacy impact that it was going to have. And I just think about it. Every single person here, you give something. You give, you know, I just think about the impact that you're giving is having. And it is, it is having, and it will have a legacy-impacting effect. And what, do, and what do I mean legacy? Legacy means this. It's going to outlast you. Do you know this church will probably outlast us? Like the people that God is going to reach through this church like, some people, like, you're not even going to know. Like, I, I just, I mean, I, I am just convinced of this. The greatest investment that we could ever financially invest in is the local church. And you might say, John, you're smoking crack. Okay? Like, I just see, you know, just, just, you, know you just think, you know, pastors are trying to get rich and this, that, and the other thing. And they just, they just you know, I just, they, rah, rah. But look, what has God put on this planet to reach people, the church. What impacts eternity? The church, we're called to be the hands and feet of Christ. Whenever you invest financially in this church, you are financially investing in the vision of what God has called this church to be, to be the hands and feet of Christ that is going to impact people's, not just their temporary lives, but their eternal lives. Like, we get the opportunity to invest in eternity. And God has called us to be stewards, y'all. And what we say here, if you come here any amount of time, we say this. We are stewards, not owners. And there's a big difference. Owners spend, stewards invest. Everything you have, you are a steward over. Meaning, meaning this. What you have has been entrusted to you by God, your time your talent, and treasure, meaning that you are now entrusted by God to invest your time, your talent, and treasure for the benefit of the one that has entrusted it to you. 
So now, what is important to God more than anything? People. Okay, good, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. People. God died for people, right? His heart is people. Jesus died on the cross, not for stuff, but for people. And what has God put on this planet to be his hands and feet to reach people? The church, right? The people of God, the people, the church. The, the come together and be his hands and his feet. So there's no greater investment than investing in the local church. But, but think about it. Nehemiah's Nook, it's something that we give to. And because you give, we see this happen. Nehemiah's Nook is, is, a, is a downtown Newport News ministry that we have. That we do every fourth uh, Saturday, and um, you know we we go down there and feed seventy to eighty less less fortunate people, give them clothes and toiletries and things like that. And the last time that we were down there, somebody told me about a a single a single mother and her son that went down there, a twelve year old son, and the twelve year old son he was down. Down, you know, down there serving, cooking, and stuff like that. And right after they got done, um, she said that they got in the car, and um, the twelve-year-old just, just, just started crying, and started to, to, to just weep, thinking about what these people did not have. And I just think about what that moment did for that twelve-year-old. Who knows what that impression, who knows what that, what that moment of getting there and serving could have on the legacy of him personally and his family. I just think about the legacy effect, the legacy impact. And the bottom line is this, legacy giving is about giving today for somebody else's tomorrow. Giving today so people tomorrow can experience life change through Christ. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says this. This is Paul talking one more time. He says to this church he planted, he says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, speech, knowledge, complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled for you, see that you also excel in this grace. And, and that word grace means gift, in this gift of giving. It's, it is a joy and opportunity to sow in, in, into what God's doing here. But I don't know about you. I, I like to be the reaper instead of the sower. In other words, I like to eat the fruit. I don't like to plant the seed. I go to the store, get my bananas or, or get, you know, peaches or get, you know, apples, knowing somebody else planted that. I like to reap the fruit, but I don't like to be the one sowing. My prayer is, yes, we want to see, see the reaping happen, but at, the, but at the same time that we would be content with being the one sowing, knowing who knows what God will do in and through our giving. Thirdly, faith equals, uh, faith equals love, legacy-focused generosity. And thirdly, whatever it takes Mentality. You know, this, this church has been built, is built on a whatever-it-takes mentality from so many people that have, from the very beginning, 
gotten up early, way earlier than probably you on a, on a Sunday, and I've come here and set the atmosphere and set the place, set, take a theater and make it a church, but have said, we will do whatever it takes for people to encounter and experience the love of Christ from the parking lot into this room, behind the scenes and above the scenes. And it has taken that. It has taken a group of, of people starting off. We had a 60-person launch team that basically said, we will do whatever it takes. We will hold babies. We will even hang out in elementary school. Or we will even hang out in kids' ministry. That's not my calling, okay? Like, I will do whatever it takes except that. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, but it's like we had people hold, hold babies, park traffic, set up signs, do sound, play drums. Like we had uh, people that said we will do whatever it takes for people to encounter Jesus. Y'all, what, what if all of us said we will do whatever we've got to do for people to encounter the love of Jesus Christ? Why? Because, look, guys, we are the hands and feet of Christ. Think about this, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, this is one of my favorite stories here. It says this, one day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Those same men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. These people said, look, yes, it's crammed here, but we're going to find a way to get this broken, hurt, messed up person to Jesus. And we'll go through the roof if we need to. What if we had a church full of people that said, we will do whatever we have to do to get every hurt, sick, and messed up person to know Jesus Christ? Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. What if, what if we had a church full of people that said, we will do whatever it takes. We'll hold babies. We'll greet at the door. We'll serve coffee. You might say, yeah, but John, what does that stuff actually do, man? Like, yeah, greeting. Yeah, and anyone can greet. Hey. Anyone can serve coffee. Anyone can be a parking attendant. Anyone can do all of that stuff. Do you know what stats say? They say first-time guests, okay, first-time guests to come to a church, they make a decision whether they're going to come back to a church the second time within the first 10 minutes of being on the property. So do you know who doesn't matter? The preacher man. I could preach fire from heaven. I could preach, you know, I could be Billy Graham. Our worship team could be elevation worship. Our worship team could be amazing. They already are, but... Could be amazing. But do you know what matters most is how people feel when they come into this room? So do you know what matters? People shaking hands, parking cars, making sure you know where you're going. Got my, my boy Bill Nicely here. Stand up, Bill. I want to talk about Bill a little bit. Bill is single, just to let y'all know. So, uh, you know, if any single ladies out there 50 and up, Let's go ahead and raise your hand. We're going to do a little poll here. Uh, we're just going to do a little uh, scouting for Jesus. It says it's not good for man to be alone. 
Praise the Lord. Um, anyway, though, Bill, right? So Bill, I've known Bill three or four years. And Bill started coming. And, uh, you know, Bill walks up to me, and Bill's the nicest guy. And he's like, hey, John, look, I'm here, man. just want to let you know, look, I'm going to give my money, and I'm going to be a seat warmer. I love you. And I was like, okay, man, all right, all right, cool, you know, awesome, man. And, you know, it's just like, you know, you know, and what Bill said, he was like, everyone has a part, and that's my part. Like, okay, awesome, cool, good. It's like, awesome. And uh, so whenever we had, so back on September 16th, whenever we were supposed to have one big Sunday, we had one big Florence, the hurricane. <laughs> so um, we basically had to combine our two services into one service, and, but Bill didn't know that. So we just had one 10 o'clock service, and Bill comes here rolling in at about 9.20, late for first service, right? And we're still out there setting up and get things ready, you know. Uh, and Bill walks in, and Bill's like, what? what's going on? And I'm like, oh, Bill, sorry, man. We, we combined our two services into one service. We didn't know how many people were going to show up, so we just kind of wanted to be safe, you know. And Bill's like, oh, all right. And then we had Robert Rakowskis. I don't know if anyone knows Robert Rakowskis here. But, yeah, Robert, give it up for our boy Robert. Uh, Robert isn't afraid to say anything to anybody. So Robert sees Bill just kind of just, just like walking in, and, Ro and Robert goes, hey, Bill, do you want to serve on the dream team today? And now you, you know how Christian people, they want to say no, but they don't want to flat out say no. They want to let you down easy. So they say things like, oh, man, I'll pray about it. Yeah, listen, let me tell you this. If a Christian tells you they'll pray about it, they're trying to tell you a nice way of telling you no. Okay? Or, you know, I just don't know if I have the bandwidth. And I just, I, I, you know, I just, I got to seek the Lord while he may be found, you know, and just, you know, you know, hear the Lord's voice, you know. Uh, but Bill, he had this look on his face like, yeah, sure, I'd love to be on the dream team today. And. You know, Robert was like, okay, good, follow me. We're going to have you at the door, you know, come over to the door, right? And uh, I tell you what, Bill was greeting people like crazy, man. <laughs> like, he was, like, giving people hugs and everyone coming, coming in and, and then all of this stuff. The crazy thing was, all right, Bill gets done greeting. Bill comes up to me. He's like, I'm on the team, man. I'm on the team, dude. That was awesome. I had no idea how awesome greeting would be. And, 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 and it's like the crazy thing is I think there's so many people just like Bill out there that just kind of think, oh, man, you know, they're good. I walk in. They got greeters. It's, it's, it's all good. But look, it's not about us. It's about you, what serving does for you, a whatever-it-takes mentality does to your mentality. It gets your eyes off of you and gets your eyes on someone else. You can have a seat, Bill. I know you probably haven't stood that long in a while. Thank you, sir. If you need accounting services, he is an accountant. Or I don't think you're taking new clients, are you? He does take new clients. So if you need an accountant to do your taxes, it's tax season. Maybe. Government shutdown. I don't know. <laughs> We're never going to get, get, get taxes. So maybe not. 
We'll, we'll see. But if you do need your taxes done, Bill's an awesome, awesome guy. But Bill had a whatever-it-takes mentality, but it kind of took him getting out of his comfort zone. He told God, I'm not doing it. Well, you know what? Robert Rakowskis had a different plan. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> but I'm telling you, you get out of yourself and you realize church is more than just about you. Your life is more than just about you. And you start serving. You start getting your eyes on other people's, people's needs. I'm telling you, God starts looking on you. I'm telling you, man. Something changes when we have a whatever it takes mentality. What if we, you know, we've got people at this church, I'm not even lying, telling their boss to cut their hours so they can do more for the church. I'm like, I wouldn't do that if I were you, bro. Get them hours. But it's like, they are, they, they're just, in, they, 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 they realize God's call on their life and they see, and they see what God's doing there. We got people saying their New Year's resolution is to grow closer to Jesus and do more at this church. And you know, it's like, look, that might not be your next step, but what is your, your next step? Maybe it is getting out of your comfort zone and joining a team. Maybe it's joining the outreach. To, you know, it's, it's like, what is your next step to, to start developing that whatever it takes mentality? Because it is a next step. I love what, what Paul said, and we're going to close up here. It says, to the Jews, I became a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. We're going to actually skip down to verse 22 here. It says, to the weak I became weak. To win the weak. Paul said this, I have become all. Everyone say all. all. That, that, that is the Greek word for all. All things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. Paul said, I'll do whatever I got to do to reach somebody. He's basically saying, I'll do whatever I have to do short of sin to reach somebody. And he says, I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. Number four. And we're going to close here. Number four, y'all, keep it simple. I feel, y'all, we need our faith to overflow in love, even towards those we don't agree with. We need to give with a legacy focus, knowing our giving is going to outlast us. Thirdly, we need to have a whatever-it-takes mentality. Whatever it takes to get someone to Jesus, we'll be willing to do it. But fourthly, we need to be willing to keep it simple, y'all. And, and I said this last week on the Facebook Live message. You've probably heard this kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid. I don't think y'all were stupid. I think y'all were awesome. Give yourselves a hand. I love y'all. Keep it simple. I'm just going to change one of the S words. Keep it simple, saints. Keep it simple, saints. And do you know what simple is? Love God and love people. That is what Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 37 through 39. Jesus was summing up all, the, all these different stuff. He said, look, let me, let me tell you. Let me, let me break it down to you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, but the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love people, y'all. When you really break Christianity down, it's about loving God and loving people. Do you want a quick, easy way to guide your life in 2019? Ready? Will help me love God and love others. So let's put this through this kind of test here. And this is what I'm kind of talking about. Look, will 
buying that help me love God and love people? Will dating him or her help me love God more and love people more? Will watching this particular TV show help me love God and love people more? Will going to the club help me love God and love people more? Will drinking this help me love God and love people? Do you kind of see how this is a quick and easy way to kind of determine maybe what God's will is for you? Because you have two purposes, saints, on this planet. Two reasons for your existence. Know God, love others. Love God, love others. Know God, make them known. That's God's will for your life. That's so much more important than where you're going to live, who you're going to this, who you're going to that, you're going to that. That's your two purposes in life, church. Let's not complicate it. Let's not get it all confusing. You have two purposes. The vision for this church in 2019, we're going to freaking love this community. We're going to show them the hands and feet of Christ, who Jesus is that the church is for them, we're not against them. The church, Jesus said, you'll know me by our love. I want people to know the church, this church by its love. I want us to give with a huge expectation of saying my giving is gonna outlast me. I want us to have a whatever it takes mentality that I'll do whatever to get people to Jesus. And fourthly, I wanna be simple, y'all. Don't you just feel like in this time we need simplicity? Everything's, it's just so much. Let's love God and love people, amen? Let's stand up, church. That's, that's the vision. That's what we're gonna focus on. And my prayer is this, that you will partner with us in this vision. You'll join up in heart, mind, spirit, soul, and say, John, we're, we're on board. And one of the best ways you can actually do that inside of your little folder thing, folder thing, that's not what's called it. Inside of your little packet here, there's a card that says next steps. If you would pull that out, if you don't have one, one of these cards here, would you, would you just like raise a hand? It's really, really quick. If you don't have one of those, if you would just raise a hand, we got ushers, they're gonna bring you one. you would just grab one of these cards here what it's got on the back here it says what what is the next step for you it's got it's got a bunch of different steps here it's got maybe today you need to begin a relationship with God maybe you are far from God right now and you know it where you're at with him you don't know where you stand and today you want to begin a new relationship with God your next step today is to do that I want you to check that box Maybe today you are a Christ follower and you want to get baptized. We're, we're going to be having baptism coming up soon. Maybe, you, you know what, maybe your next step is to join a dream team and kind of say, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll, John, I'll serve wherever you need me so people can meet Jesus. Maybe your next step is to start giving. Maybe your next step is to join a life group and get in community and find, and find wholeness and healing. Maybe your next step... One other thing, we're doing a, um, 
We're doing 40 days of prayer and fasting starting next Sunday. I'm going to be sending out information on that, emailing and putting it on Facebook and, le and letting you know how that's going to go, what we're going to do for that. Maybe that is your next step. Maybe you want more of God. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kill Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.